0: Hello and welcome to November's edition of All Things Business, the podcast. Conversation with business people from across the Northamptonshire, Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes region. Since we were last together, so much has happened. Record levels of jobs available across the country, nationwide issues with logistics and having sufficient HGV drivers around to keep the country's trade moving, and in turn, dark warnings about the supply of just about everything from car parts to foodstuffs. Energy costs are set to spiral ever upwards too. And just as we hit colder weather, various charities are warning of increased levels of energy poverty. Even businesses are warning in the same way. Christmas itself seems under threat, depending on who you talk to. I'm John Griff and in this month's edition of the podcast, we talk to three business people whose work is truly topical. Rachel Nutt is a partner in NHA McIntyre Hudson and says that there's a huge opportunity for business here to profit.
1: They're getting sold for absolutely ridiculous multiples at the moment. If you're consulting in that space, if you've got established power generation plants where you could add on battery storage you know it is the place to be if you can supply into that sector whether it's actually the technical piece or the people piece or 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 even marketing or advice around it you know that undoubtedly is probably I would say from what we see one of the fastest areas of growth.
0: Paul Thompson from Semnet says that with so many jobs now available in the region it's education and skills training which is needed to get the economy firing on all cylinders.
2: Employers also need to look at the future though and it it is this talent pipeline within education that we need to make sure is really well informed they're inspired Um, We raise people's aspirations to where the jobs needs are, the occupational groups we'd need, people are aware of them. Um, And it's not just the young people, we've got to do this with parents, carers, also teaching staff as well.
0: And the chief executive of Della Pre Abbey, Richard Clinton, joins me to talk not only about tourism in the region, but also judging excellence in education and its contribution to the wider economy.
3: Every day you are learning and and I I know sometimes people have that as a throwaway comment with a wry smile attached to it and my dad used to say everyone makes mistakes but you never make the same mistake twice you can only do that with understanding the learning from it and so that's what we try and encourage I'm still learning about the history of the Abbey
0: real business insights from real business people all in November's edition of all things business the podcast Rachel Nutt is a partner in MHA McIntyre-Hudson. It's Northamptonshire-based, but with a global reach. She's also National Head of Tax and Renewable and Sustainable Energy Sector Head. Try getting that on a name badge. And just as we learned about David Davies from DFA Law last month being a long-distance swimmer with aspirations of a channel crossing, we'll also find out a bit about the woman behind that job title too. The COP26 conference is going on right now, and with the Earthshot Awards having been just announced with the endorsement of Prince William, the issues and warnings surrounding climate change and sustainability have the highest of profiles. As Rachel told me, there are timely opportunities for business within the topic of climate change and sustainability, but they're not being taken up. So does she think that business has got its head in the sand?
1: Yeah, I think it has. I think they don't make money from it, and ultimately, we're all here in a capitalist economy, and that's what we do. Um, so, I, I think people in that sector who caught onto it and, and they're advising that sector, they're providing services into that sector. They will have, you know, they're phenomenal businesses, and we're seeing. A huge amount of interest in those businesses they're getting sold for absolutely ridiculous multiples at the moment if you're consulting in that space if you've got established power generation plants where you could add on battery storage you know it is the place to be if you can supply into that sector whether it's actually the technical piece or the people piece or or, or even marketing or advice around it I you know that undoubtedly is probably I would say from what we see one of the fastest areas of growth.
0: If we were to stick a drone up from where we are right now, take it up a few hundred metres, we'd be able to see the wind farms up and down the M1 right now. That, I suppose, is the biggest, most tangible example of renewables and the sustainability argument that then goes with that. Wave power, not really something that involves people here in Northamptonshire.
1: Not in many places. It's just so expensive to put into place. And the, the capital investment... So so from
0: your point of view in that case and the people that you work with, is it entrepreneurs that are actually going to start, excuse the pun, the wave breaking over sustainability over renewables when it then gets into mainstream business logistics is a big part of our community here in Northamptonshire right now mm. it's a very big topic in terms of of, of drivers tanker drivers and mm. so on but we're going to be moving to electric trucks eventually and so on
1: yeah I mean I think I think just in the supply chain now you're seeing the large corporates you know if, if you're a an M&S or a you know a, a the waitros or they're, they're all putting pressure on their suppliers. They don't just want to buy the good products at the right price. They want to buy it produced in the right way, and that mm. now is about sustainability. What you know, what's their eco footprint, and, and people. But is, are is, is that, that
0: genuine or is that tokenism?
1: I think it's come from political pressure. I think they they whether they're genuine or not. I think they know they need to do it, and that's a kind of good bit of intention. Mm. Um, and and I don't think that yet has flowed down through ombs it's starting to but that pressure is coming from the top and everyone in that supply chain has got to adhere to it um and and I, and I think that bit of pressure is going to come at it. i think the way we now are producing the technology that goes with some of these renewable solutions it's becoming more cost effective um and and ultimately for most owner-managed businesses or you know north hampshire businesses they, they need to be able to actually if, if the numbers stack up, they, they probably they want to do it. Mm. But do you want to do it over expanding your business or making that new acquisition? And there needs to be funding to make a choice.
0: Well, exactly. and I was going to ask you: Does that mean that Rishi Sunak is going to have to offer tax breaks for people to get involved in this, perhaps more than they have yeah. so far? I,
1: I think he's seriously got to put his hand in his pocket, and, and I know they're probably feeling pretty empty at the moment after COVID, but they've got to do something more if they did something more now i think people would absolutely embrace it and i think it needs to be something that's easy to follow um you know what they've done for homeowners to insulate their houses or get a boiler no one really understands it and no one gets the website and where to go ah yes
0: the the much vaunted heat pump yeah yeah i I shall look forward to talking to you early (laughs) next year once cop 26 has gone through
1: and and i think the bigger piece has got to be on It's not just power usage or environmental kind of tick in a box. The bigger businesses need to look at is how am I going to get the power I need for the future? Where is that coming from? Because it probably is not coming off the power supply into your business. And that is a massive hurdle. For all of us.
0: Big debates to come, particularly as Northamptonshire is very well placed when it comes to these new big giga plants, the big giga factories that are going to be producing batteries for not only Britain, but Europe and and Mm. the the wider world in due course. We'll step away from that subject to a degree because McIntyre Hudson, MHA, is a sponsor of the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards.
1: Why is that? We've been in the town for so many years and we love... Love what's happening with the business awards and want to continue to support the local businesses and town. And I suppose we're the biggest player in the financial market here, and um, we get an awful lot from it. We love coming to meet everyone. We love to see the businesses building our contacts, um, meeting new people, and and sometimes, you know just I love sitting there and hearing the stories of what's been going on around the town as much as anything. We all love to love to hear that and and see what everyone's been doing, and and it's great. It's great to celebrate that.
0: So you've written the check for the sponsorship of the category. Does that mean that you expect a payback, or is it just sufficient to be saying, actually, we back business, and this is one way corporate social mm. responsibility, perhaps, of doing that?
1: Yeah, I would we expect new client work from it? No. Does it? It's in, absolutely imperative to us that we support the local area. The right people are here to go and help grow our business. And, 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 you know, it's a big food chain and we all need to link in together to do that. So I think we get a lot from it. And it's great to celebrate success and, and the town. If it's good for one of us, it's good for all of us.
0: You um, are a farmer's wife, aren't you?
1: <laughs> a part-time one, but that sounds that sound really bad. Part-time <laughs> farmer, not part-time wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, when I'm not in my heels at the office, I'm normally in a pair of wellies, um... The reason I say that,
0: or the, the reason I bring that up is that farmers sometimes have to take tough stances. They have to take tough decisions. Sometimes life throws very tough decisions at them. Do you think the economy is looking at some tough decisions in the wake of COVID? We're looking at corporation tax changes, perhaps. We're looking at maybe changes in business rates. There's a lot that's being banded around Westminster at the yeah. moment. It's the SMEs that are going to feel the pain of that in the first instance aren't they
1: yeah they are i I do think um during i mean during covid the first few months particularly i had it was a game of two halves i had clients ringing me up and their business had never been so good they were absolutely run off their feet others where it had gone from brilliant to deadly quiet and they just didn't know which way to turn some late night calls with mds trying to say look you've done all the things you need to do this is the plan and but what i think it has taught all of us in our own business and others is to say actually you drive efficiencies you can't control the tax rate you can't control what happens next to covid but you can control what goes on in your business and I I think people are being much more proactive in how they manage their margin how they're on the numbers how they manage their cash we've been having some great and in a way once people have recovered from the kick in the stomach that I think it's given everybody that and technology i mean technology is bringing in a huge amount of efficiency into a lot of our clients
0: so there's a takeaway from what you're just saying here rachel it is talk to your accountants sooner rather than later and keep them involved in the discussion if you want to keep on track
1: yeah i think you do need to but but i think it's having a broad strategy as well embracing the technology i I mean i think recalibration of our workforce is going to be the biggest challenge Mm. we're all facing at the moment um i think we all know People can't be replaced by computers. But um, the roles that people play in businesses are going to look very different. Um, and I think there are going to be some fairly tough decisions to, to keep competitive and to keep competitive in a global market. We are going to have to, you know, businesses have got to really control their costs. They've got to look at their margin. They've got to look at how they use people and how they use technology. And even in a growing market or a business is doing well, to stay ahead or to accelerate beyond the standard norm, They need to be doing sometimes some tough decisions, you know, even if their business is going well. I mean, fortunately, on the whole, I think a lot of businesses in the town at the moment, they might still be trying to put their cash balance back up and pay the bank back. But they're actually, you know, it feels to me it's a good buzz about the town.
0: We'll be looking forward to seeing MHA at the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards. Um, Rachel Nutt, for you, heels or wellies?
1: probably wellies (laughs) probably wellies
0: you like getting out in the countryside you're an equestrian as well I believe
1: well yeah less so than I used to be but yeah yeah, three horses um bit of dressage
0: right and mucking about with numbers or mucking out stables
1: well in the summer stables (laughs) (laughs) in the winter the office
0: (laughs) I can see where that came from (laughs) Real pleasure to talk to you. I can't wait to talk to you about climate change again before very much longer because it is going to be on so many people's uh, Mm. agendas in the near future. Thanks for talking to me today. Thank you. That's Rachel Nutt from MHA McIntyre-Hudson. Throughout the COP26 conference, the firm is putting up topical daily briefings on its website. The mantra from a former prime minister used to be education, education, education. And for trade and commerce, perhaps it still should be so too. Recently, the Institute of Directors cited a lack of specialist skills as holding back not only young people from competing on the jobs market, but also holding back business itself. Paul Thompson is from Semlep, so how does he see things?
2: Yeah, I I, I, I don't entirely agree with that. Um, it is partly true, I mean, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I think, you know, we certainly have not yet got enough young people coming through uh for certainly stem so science technology um, that kind of side um so that is something that certainly we and other partners are working with uh, to actually try and make that happen but a, a lot more needs to be done on that and um, are employers taking up those offers not as many as they should why um, i think partly is, is is as i say it was awareness i i, I think there is that um I think also the momentum, the speed of the recovery, et cetera, has probably caught people a little bit on the hop and and there's been lots and lots of initiatives being kicked off and trying to keep pace with them, I I think is a challenge, Um, that's for sure. I know with our own team, you know, trying to keep up to date with it has been been a, a challenge. But there is help and support out there. Actually having people with the right skills right from the off is a challenge. Um, and I think employers have got to understand that that they've got to invest in actually getting people upskilled or reskilled um, into certain roles. And and you know that's more, that's easily achievable with up some roles better than others. With others, you know, there's going to be a time lag to get people up to up to speed.
0: How far is this an issue of? Um education by communication. I ask the question because I know certain high-tech employers, maybe the top-end sports car manufacturers, maybe aviation, who will work with local education bodies at whatever level, secondary uh, modern education, maybe up into college or university, where they will be actively targeting people and saying to the educators, look, we've got these kinds of jobs that are coming for people who've got these kinds of skills, whether they're studying right down the line of that subject or not, and we'd love you to put us in touch. That point of communication, that relationship, surely has got to be something that Semlet would be endorsing and encouraging.
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, th- three elements I think really employers need to engage with. One is obviously the current recruitment situation, uh, and, and as I say, the, there's things there to help them. There's the upskilling and reskilling, so that's people within their own organisation. Or perhaps taking um, people out in the labor market um, and helping to convert them train them et etc into roles with their need and some of those conversions are fairly more simple than others shall we say mm. um, you know so we have a shortage of accountants we have a shortage of bookkeepers you know getting people. You know, from a management point of view or something like that into those kind of roles, um, you know, yeah, there's fairly simple pathways to actually do that. Same with digital and coding and things like that. Again, there's these skills boot camps that are being introduced. I think there's an understanding now that we need short, sharp type stuff rather than long term education. Two, three years uh, is always going to be a challenge. Employers also need to look at the future though, and it it is is this talent pipeline within education that we need to make sure is really well informed, they're inspired, Um, we raise people's aspirations to where the jobs needs are, the occupational groups we need, people are aware of them. And it's not just the young people. We've got to do this with parents, carers, also teaching staff as well.
0: How far is this an issue for cost? I, I, I recall from my own school days at the back end of the 1980s. I remember in 2008 when I was working in banking. Here we are again with a recession that we are desperately trying to come out of. And we've just had the autumn statement. We've seen the budget. We're all wrestling with that. We're about to see operational costs going up. And for business, big issues concerning heating and lighting maybe that'll change because a lot of us are now working from home and so on but during recession you tend to find that advertising spend goes down that's part of the process of communication but you also tend tend to find that training budgets get nipped and cut can you offer some encouragement to potential employers can you offer some encouragement to the economy that there is support out there and it doesn't necessarily have to cost business an arm and a leg
2: first yeah and 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 uh, it's it's the way you look at it i mean certainly i i used to be a ceo of a of a business um a little while back uh, and the approach there was very much um it's an investment in in the future basically um you know i worked for a a, a company that was making assembly systems etc I think if you wandered into most schools, nobody would ever heard of us. Um, but to actually kind of get that in front of the young people, etc., show them the opportunities within it, show them those hidden occupations, those roles, etc., is a great investment in time. It's also a great advertising and branding. You know, getting the branding up there. Mm. I, I think also at the moment we we do have financial incentives for businesses to do this kind of work. So the Kickstart scheme, um, we've seen a big uptake of it locally. Um, there's some good funding there for work experience places um and i think that's the right way to do it you know the, these work placements work experience places do cost a business time and money um it's how you view that um in in terms of a business whether you see that as an investment for the future or if you're a, perhaps a smaller medium business if you do need a little bit of financial support to help you know what well, i think it's only right that these things should be available but, you know, you know, the businesses, I think, um, you know, are, are starting to look at this differently, looking at the individuals. And we are seeing a shift where businesses are taking ownership of, of training, etc., where they do have shortages. So we've seen a very good example recently with Prologis, for example, the big you know, logistics parks and things like that. But their training academy in place to actually bring people into the logistics sector. You know i think it's a very good example of, of probably what we're going to see going forward so I, th- I think we'll see a bit more of that perhaps in construction and some of the other areas as well
0: we're talking at the back of 2021 22 awaits mm. from your point of view are you a glass half full kind of a person or a glass half empty when it comes to the british economy and this region of it a uh, glass half
2: full um genuinely genuinely i think we're in a good place we we're Certainly, on our younger side, with the younger people, we, we've seen huge investments in our colleges, for example, uh, very much based on employers' needs. We've had an employer-led skills strategy in the area now for over five years. It's starting to show signs of pulling through the numbers that we're starting to need. You know, as I said before, STEM and, and, and digital, we still need a lot more, uh, and there's a lot of work to be done. But you know, it is is showing some good signs, and there's some good proactive employers out there. Um, you know, offering work experience and things like that, um, looking to the future. I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged, I have to say. I am encouraged. All, all this talk about
0: education, uh, Semlep is leading with its chin because um, Semlep is part of the judging panel for the uh, Education Awards, which are taking place in Northamptonshire very soon.
2: Uh, you're an absolute shoe in to be involved in something like that, surely. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a pleasure to be asked. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's nice to kind of uh, recognise um, how good some of our education is in the area. Um, and I have to say, on the whole, you know, it is pretty good. We've got um, two of the leading colleges in the country. We've got such a diverse range of colleges, et cetera, in the way they work. And our, our schools, certainly on the careers side, we, we actually have these benchmark. Um, so, you know, the good careers provision in place. So that's great from my point of view. But actually getting involved with all the other educational awards as well, et cetera, and seeing some of the fantastic things that people have done. Uh, so impressed by what you've seen and therefore making it more difficult to judge. It, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a, a lovely problem to have, I have to say. But I have to say some of the things we saw were, um, were incredible, really. So what some of the, certainly the teaching staff and the head teachers have certainly during the period of COVID period, just over and above what's expected of them. Uh, it's really, really encouraging just to see that kind of
0: thing. And one final question, if I may, and we are looking years down the road yet, but it's starting to happen. The Oxcam Arc. It's going to affect and involve five separate counties within this region. Where do you see that sitting in terms of how education can capitalise and businesses on the back of that? Because, of course, we're going to have Cambridge University, Oxford University, but there are other universities in the area. And there's an enormous catchment area now for people and development it's going to be part of the engine room of, of, of the economy for the future, surely. Yeah, and a great brand, isn't it?
2: Oxford Cambridge Arc. I mean, it, it's very saleable abroad, et cetera. I can see it pulling in big investment longer term. Again, I'm quite encouraged by this because, I mean, there's some good practice that goes on the arc. I know certainly of my equivalents in, in the other kind of local enterprise partnerships and combined authorities. Um, there's some good practice there. There's good practice from our point of view. You know, uh, we do work together already um, uh, and talking along those lines. But pulling through some commonality, pulling through some um, uh, touching on kind of the engagement side, certainly to employers, we're trying to make that simpler and easier and more common across the area. Um, so our businesses understand where they need to go and, and make that first point of contact. Uh, there's some fantastic opportunities through the arc. You know, if we can bring it together, I think it could be really powerful.
0: That's Paul Thompson from SEMLEP. Now, more than ever, companies need to make it clear that they are open for business. All Things Management is a team of creatives connecting their clients with their audiences. Connect now at allthingsmanagement.co.uk. All Things Management, connecting you to your audience. My last guest on this month's edition of All Things Business, the podcast, looks after clients looking at business with perhaps a different kind of view. Richard Clinton is the Chief Executive at Delapree Abbey, a heritage venue very close to Northampton Town Centre and steeped in history. The business is overseen by its own trust, but the property is owned by West Northamptonshire Council and therefore the public who visit it. So who does Richard see himself as being answerable to?
3: I think it puts us in quite an interesting position and it gives you multiple lenses you know, as, as you think about the business strategy moving forward. And So, Really, I think I see who we're accountable as, as many people, so we have our hyperlocal community, we have our landlord, which is the local authority of West North End's Council, we have our trustees and and for me, our volunteers, we're uh, you know the organization and our efforts are supported hugely by a committed team of volunteers in excess of a hundred. and I always think we're accountable to them because without them, we can't do what we do. And also the, the staff team, you know, we're trying to create a, an enjoyable environment for people to operate and perform in. And so those sort of five sets are who I see that we're accountable to. And you might not be accountable to them on all aspects of the business, mm-hmm. uh, but you're definitely checking the temperature of each one of those stakeholders in terms of the direction that we move in
0: you're a chief executive you are running
3: a business
0: at a site that for many years was well nigh on derelict the building was about to fall in it went through a massive rebuilding process that's the immediate recent past of delapri abbey to a degree that process is still going on because i know you've got capital expenditure projects that you want to get involved in with an undeveloped stable block And, and we can talk about that perhaps on another occasion At the same time, being the chief executive and having to think in a business sense for a site that had been so underutilised and, frankly, ignored, that's made you a new kid on the block for events. So do do you sense that you are the the new ingenue that people are now using for events and using because there's a honeymoon period going on that you've now got to capitalise on?
3: I don't consider us the new kids on the block I think the the Abbey has been reopened since 2017 in part and then fully 2018. Um, And I think as an organisation, it's still within its infancy period and then COVID's happened. I think what we've got is an incredible asset and it's about curating the right mix of events. And it's just been really pleasing over the last few months to be able to welcome back Event organisers, promoters, producers to start to talk about events, but also to start seeing, you know, the, the corporate events happening. Mm-hmm. Some of the networking events we're doing, some of the launches, the keynotes. Um, but then what slightly excites me are those more public events that, you know, we're starting to feel real um, good level of interest in the events that we're putting together for the community, for young families in particular, and we're looking to grow that. You know we had a brilliant period last year, despite Covid, of the events that we put on, some in partnership with organisations like the Royal Inn doing it and the drive-in, and some which had some real good charitable um, outputs in terms of uh, the work with the Hope Centre and the Local Food Resilience Network with the Christmas Fair. And actually we, we, the other week, launched our Halloween and Christmas events and Predominantly, most of them have either sold out or are 75% their way to selling out. And so we feels like we've really understood who our core audience is. So you've arrived and you've consolidated the
0: arrival announcements. And now people accept Delapre Abbey as being part of the heritage offer of Northampton and by extension Northamptonshire and by extension the UK as well. Because in, in the past, you and I have had conversations about... Delapre having its place in a national sense as opposed to being just a county sense. That's, that's going to be bringing in a lot when it comes to the economy, when it comes to share of wallet, but it also brings in full-blown tourism
3: to the mix too. I think that national is definitely an aspiration and I would be lying if I said I thought if I said we've ticked the box locally we've ticked the box on that county set there's still so much more to be doing and the truth is you can never do enough to really reach everyone what we've now got is an understanding of who engages with us regularly and effectively when we put on that product offer it sells well and so we're looking at how we put that into the rest of our offer so for our interpretation our history of the house and those events rather than the community events I think we've definitely got the options and opportunities to have that national scope.
0: And that storytelling is another way of saying education. And every day is a school day. You're involved in the Northamptonshire Education Awards. In, in what capacity
3: is it that you're involved? I was asked if I'd be a judge for the Education Awards. and You're I- saying this with a wry grin on your face. Well, it's because I always wanted to be a teacher and I took a gap year and never returned. And that's how I ended up running a heritage site. So it was quite, it, it, yeah, it was really quite funny to be asked and, and honored to be asked. And it it made me reflect in terms of, you know, I was very fortunate to have the opportunities uh, with, with my learning that I did. And I'm sure as an adult, you'll also say that you're still learning
0: because learning is a lifelong thing, which, of course plays very neatly into the business model for Delapri.
3: It is. Every day you are learning. And and I, I know sometimes, sometimes people have that as a throwaway comment with a wry smile attached to it. But it's as a small organisation and an organisation which I think is more of a developing organisation mm. in terms of where I see the staff team. It's, it's about we've got to learn from everything that we do. And my dad used to say... You know, everyone makes mistakes, but you never make the same mistake twice. You can only do that with understanding the learning from it, and so that's what we try and encourage. Uh, but it's been—I'm still learning about the history of the Abbey. You know, I'll have a conversation with a trustee, a volunteer, and there's a new bit of information, and that can be quite dangerous. Because then my team see my eyes light up and they go, oh, there's another idea there.
0: You've got to stop. (laughs) But that is the mark of a good CEO, to see the opportunities take the business in a certain direction. You have to keep your feet on the ground when it comes to the running of the business, because you provide the foundation, you provide the environment for others to then carry forward the work of Delapre Abbey. How do you feel about the, the coming future? We've Still got a coronavirus pandemic, even you know, appreciating that the pandemic is in a slightly different shape to the one that we understood this time last year, 12 months ago. But we're looking at increasing energy costs when it comes to heating and lighting. We're looking at issues uh, surrounding business rates. We're looking at corporate tax hikes on the way. We're looking at uh, NICs going up as well. Life is going to get more expensive for everybody. That's going to have an impact on Delapree, isn't it?
3: Oh. Have a an impact, like we have an impact on all businesses. Um, you know, being a charity, we, we are not protected from some of those cost increases that people are going to see. Do you buy forward? We're too too small. But what I'm confident about is that we've got the opportunities, the potential to expand, that will cover those increases. And it, it comes down to some of the decisions we made at the start of COVID no one wants to go through an organizational restructure many times so you do it once and you try your best to do it right uh, difficult decisions have to be made but you make them knowing about the road that's ahead and what what opportunities are coming up and, and what opportunities you need to prioritize and it's it, you know you take the environment and the increasing cost of utilities Well, actually, those that are going to be hardest hit by that tend to be old heritage estates, assets, areas where renewable sources of energy are harder to install Mm. because of the heritage and the conservation context. And so there's this real interesting debate, actually, at the moment going around the sector and with planning um, policymakers about that can't continue. And it's those little things that I find quite interesting is how are we going to navigate that. If we're looking at re-enlivening the 19th century stables and I want to ensure that we put in technologies that are going to make sure that they have a low impact on the environment. But importantly for a business operator, low impact on, on utility usage. Fascinating that you should talk about navigating the problems not we are going to lose
0: places because of those issues and that i suppose is another learning point as a chief executive you have to be alert to what's going on learn from what's going on in the world around you so that you can still continue to tell the stories of your heritage site for the generations that come in the future and that is an educative role in its own right richard good to have you on board thanks very much indeed thank you john that's richard clinton from De Abbey. And that's where I take my cue to depart once more. Many thanks to my guests, Rachel Nutt from MHA McIntyre Hudson, Paul Thompson from SEMLEP and Chief Executive of Delapree Abbey, Richard Clinton. Now next month we'll have not one but two feature podcasts. November sees the Northamptonshire Business Excellence and Education Awards both taking place. I'll be reporting with stories from some of the winners at both of them. And I'm hoping also to be able to talk to a celebrity or two with their own views of business and from perhaps different perspectives. Until then, I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And don't forget, there are other editions of the podcast that you can now listen to via the All Things Business website. For now, and from everyone on All Things Business, the podcast, thanks for listening.